Hey everybody and welcome to Ask Corey Anything, where you get to ask Corey anything. Uh, thank you for being a subscriber here on my Substack. This is one of the first videos that's going to go out. There was another one with me and Trey that went up last week, but I'm going to start doing a lot of these on video. And uh, in order to get the video feed, uh, you have to pay for the $5 tier of CoreyWritesForYou.com. Uh, but, as always, as I say, and I will restate, regardless of if it makes anybody mad, if you are out there and you would like to be subscribed at the $5 tier, which gets you bonus things and the audio and the video, but you just can't afford it because you're out of work, you're on strike, uh, or you just you just had another kid and uh, inflation's rough, I understand, and you can just email me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com, and I will comp you a subscription, no questions asked, and as I always like to say as an addendum, if you're out there and you're like, hey, that's BS, I pay the $5, and you're giving it to somebody for free, well, I'll give you a refund. Email me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com, uh, you can cancel your subscription, and I'll comp you one for free if you're going to be like that, although I don't think that many people are. I got a lot of lovely questions I took to Twitter, which I have my handy-dandy laptop here. I took to Twitter, I took to Instagram, and I did not take to Facebook. If you're out there and you uh, follow me on Facebook, please know um, that if you comment on something on Facebook and I don't respond, it's not because I hate you, it's that I will never see it because uh, I'm, I'm required to have a Facebook account just because I'm a public person and an entertainer, but I haven't logged into Facebook in like five or six years. I think that all social media is terrible, but I think that of the big three, Facebook is without question the most toxic and horrible. So the way my Facebook works is um, it's just my Instagram is set up to my Facebook, so if I post something on Instagram, it also goes to Facebook. Uh, so that's just how that goes. So if I'm posting something on that's why I didn't put this question thing on Facebook, because I knew that I wasn't going to go check the people's responses. So just Twitter, just Instagram. Sorry, that's a little uh, inside baseball stuff, but if you follow me on Facebook and you're like, man, his Facebook feed is kind of just like pictures of him and his niece and promos for putting on airs. That's why, because it's literally just my Instagram that goes over there. I think it's a hellscape, and I think that you should leave it too, especially if you have no reason to be there. I swear to God, like, being on social media, but not like being an entertainer, I don't understand it. Like, I have to do it. I have to do it, and I don't want to. To me, it's always been like when I would see people that like lived in New York or lived in Los Angeles, but they weren't trying to be an entertainer. I'm like, you realize you could live anywhere. Why are you putting up with this BS? Like, you don't have to be here. That's how I feel about people on Facebook. But regardless, if you follow me on Facebook, still happy you're here. So let's get to the questions. This first question comes from at Jeff DeButcher, uh on Twitter, and he says, Congrats on the weight loss. What food did you give up that you didn't think you could live without? I'm very excited to talk about this, actually, because the way that I've been able to... Uh, and for the record, I know a lot of people are looking at me right now like, you've lost what? Like, I, I, I'm down 50 pounds. I'm still a fat boy. I understand that. I got a little work to go. But the reason that I've been able to sustain this for as long as I have versus other times in the past is that, like, I'm not, like, I found supplement, I found, like, like, waffles uh, and pancakes are, like, my favorite thing in the world. I love them so much. Well, I found this brand, and they don't sponsor me, so I ain't going to say their name, but yes, I will, because it might help somebody out. It's called Birchbenders, and they are, it's like keto waffles, so it's waffles, but they're low-carb. On the days that I don't work out, I eat those, and I have sugar-free syrup, and, like, is it as good as regular waffles and regular syrup? No. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But they're pretty damn good, and once you get used to it, like now I kind of can't remember what regular waffles and syrup taste like. So to me, this is the next best thing, and it's it's sincerely great. Like it's not like most of those health foods where it tastes like eating cardboard. It's really good stuff. So between that and like I've always been a huge vegetable guy, um, anyways, and I love meat. So like staying on a lean protein situation on days that I'm not working out, not really hard for me. Um, I don't eat as much candy and. Uh, I really the thing that I miss being able to do is drink 18 beers a day because <laughs> uh, you can't do that. But like that's been really good for like my mental health and my physical health. So I can't really think of anything that I'm like, oh my god, I totally miss that. But also like I I also pretty much eat whatever I want. Like especially if it's like I don't have every day's not a cheat day, but like 
if I worked out really hard that day and I have a craving for a cheeseburger that night, I'm going to have a cheeseburger. And me and my trainer talked about that all the time. I was like, I won't make it if I can't every now and then do some things. And he's like, dude, you got to live your life. Like, And to me, that's, uh, and this is going to sound so stupid, but to me, that's why like, I, I don't like to say I'm on a diet because I'm not. I'm just on a brand new lifestyle. And this lifestyle works for me. And um, I think it, you know, I think it could work for you too. It's not, it's sincerely, if it was as hard as everybody thought, my ass wouldn't be able to do it. So it's just finding substitutes for things. That's all it is. Uh, at Booty's Barbecue Funk <laughs> says, We saw you in Memphis and offered to send you some of the best damn barbecue sauce in the South. Can we still do that? Yes, you can. Uh, I have a P.O. box. It's uh, P.O. Box 420, Chickamauga, Georgia. But, like, honestly, don't send me no food stuff in it because I go a very long time between checking it that uh, it would just be a waste of your time. So I, I do appreciate that, and that's very sweet. Um, but, hey, if you're listening to this, maybe tweet me back and let me know where I can find and purchase some of this best damn barbecue sauce in the South because I would like to... I'd like to purchase it from you, you know, if, especially if it's something you're selling, if it's your company. Y'all support me on Substack. I don't mind throwing a couple bucks at some barbecue sauce, you, especially if y'all got a sugar-free version. That'd be sweet, too, because I'm trying to be good. Uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, Car- at Carlton Cobb says, do we really want to know what our pets would say if they could talk? I used to have a bit about this, and I can't remember... I can't. I mean, I'm talking. I used to have a bit about this like 15 years ago. So like, I have forgotten more jokes than most people have ever told, and I don't mean that in the way that they were good. Some of them were horrible, but I remember the bit being like it was. It came out of my mindset of like I was high one night and I was looking at my dog, and I, I had that question in my head of like I wonder what he's thinking or I wonder what he could say, and I thought to myself it would really suck if he could start talking and I found out that he didn't really like me, <laughs> like like he. Like, he just, he can't do anything because he's a tiny little dog, and so I take care of him so he can't leave, but he otherwise hates me. Like, that would be devastating. So, to me, dogs not being able to talk might be the best part about them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like Bill Burr used to have a bit where he's like, uh, his wife, he, he comes home and his wife, he, he, he uh, loves on his dog or whatever, and she's like, She's like, I wish you loved me as much as you love the dog. And he goes, well, you're not exactly standing at the door shaking your ass every time I come home, you know. And I think that that's uh, it's true. Like, because dogs can't talk back to you, you're never mad at them. They're always perfect. Like, you know, I, 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 um, I, my dog died a couple years ago, about a year ago. I remember I was at the MTV Movie Awards. It's the only reason that I know it was a year because they just had those the other night. And I cried so much, and I wasn't right for like six months. I, I mean, I needed to go to therapy anyways, don't get me wrong, but I, like, it, my dog dying kind of kick-started all that, and uh, my wife was like, I swear to God, like, you love that dog more than you love me, and of course that's not true, but at the same time, like, I mean, he never made me mad. <laughs> he never he never called me a fucking drunk idiot, you know what I mean? I, I did, I love the dog, so... I don't know. I think it'd be cool if dogs could talk for a day, but I think at the end of the day, like, it'd just be so hard to find out that they don't really like us or they're shitheads or they're dumb. Like, so I don't know about that one. Um, <laughs> at Nostalgic Nerd, uh, at, at, at Nerd Nostalgic says, What do you expect the future of comedy to look like? Ooh. Are comics still waiting all night to do five minutes at the cellar at 2 a.m. when they can just post a video to social media? Okay. That's a really good question. And, of course, I'm no authority on comedy or stand-up. Well, okay, that's not true. If we're in a room of 100 people, average people, then I definitely am an authority on comedy. But, like, it's not like I teach a school on it. But, like, those are two separate things to me because, like, I know you don't mean it this way, but it kind of comes across as like, why would I do stand-up when I could just post a video as the Buttercream Dream? Well, here's the deal. I post a video as the Buttercream Dream because I want people to come see me do stand-up. And um, I made the conscious decision. Like, I've been doing stand-up for 17, almost 18 years. Um but only been successful for the past, like, six. The Well Read Tour's been going on for six years, and we've been touring, and, like, you know, Trey's been very popular, and I've been kind of the sidekick. And then during COVID, uh, Buttercream Dream became a very popular character, and when it 
came time to go back on the road, uh, Trey was like, are you going to, like, how are you going to handle this? Like, people are going to be coming to see you. Are you going to do the Buttercream Dream on stage? And I said, no, I'm not. And he's like, are you really? Like, don't you think that's kind of a, a risk? And I was like, it's definitely a risk uh, because I know that some people came there to see, some people came to the show expecting to see that. But the show is not the Buttercream Dream. It's Corey Ryan Forster. And I thought to myself, I was like, there might be some people show up and they're disappointed, but I have faith in my stand-up act that they'll go, well, no, that was great, too. I'm certain that there were people that left completely disappointed or like, I'm never going to see that guy again because I wanted the Buttercream Dream. And that's fine. I, I totally understand that. Um, but my point is, most of the time, comedians doing social media videos is is advertisement to get you to come see them do the thing that they actually want to be doing. Like, I can only speak for myself here, but I don't think we really want to be doing social media... Oh my god, I can't talk. Social media videos that much. Like, I know I don't. Like, um, I do them, and and I... They're a great way to get the creative outlet at, and I I like um, talking to fans, and I like putting out things that people like. But truth be told, like, if I knew I could just sell tickets based on my stand-up right now and I wouldn't ever have to do social media videos, oh, my God, like, a, rub that genie's bottle. That'd be great. Um, I, but, I, but I don't know. Like, I do – oh, sorry. Kick the camera there. I do like making things, but it's the – to me, it's the, like, incessant need to, oh, I've got to put this out or I'm going to fall off or whatever. But the future of comedy is definitely – I mean, like – I think a couple things have happened that have changed comedy forever. One of them is obviously YouTube. Anybody can be a comedian. And I mean that in both the good ways and the bad ways. Like Bo Burnham, you know, got his start on YouTube. Bo Burnham is a very, very talented person who deserves every ounce of success that he has. Used to, if you wanted to get noticed, you literally had to you know, get seen by Mitzi at the comedy store or, you know, go to the cellar or do Catch a Rising Star or whatever. And that's just not the case anymore. Everybody has this thing in their pocket, their phone. And if they if they make good stuff, they can get seen. And I think that is so great. It's also made it possible for people who aren't that good to put stuff out there. But, like, those don't get views and, like, those people end up, you know, falling to the recesses of the netherworlds and it doesn't really matter. Um, but YouTube changed a lot and I think there's going to be a lot more people going for it that that otherwise wouldn't because they used to. It was like, well, I have to move to New York or L.A. And, like, there's a lot of people from where I'm from that, like, you can't just afford to do that. And so they're like, well, I'm not going to make it. Well, like, Trey, for example, like, he made it in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, from his back porch, talking on his phone. And and obviously, he was talented enough that once uh, he got all the attention for it, he was able to levy it into a career, because that's anybody can get their 15 minutes, but if it lasts, then it's like, oh, you really were talented, and you got lucky, because you have to get lucky. It, that's never changed. Like, I'm way more lucky than I am good, and I have no problem telling you that. I do work hard, but I'm so very lucky. I think that YouTube changed the comedy game in that way, but I also think the comedy game has been changed um, because of COVID. Because during COVID, a lot of people started doing Zoom comedy shows. I was one of them. Uh, I did not enjoy them. I enjoyed I enjoyed doing them for two reasons. Number one, I knew the fans wanted to see it, and they were super cool about it. And they weren't going to be able to see it any other way because things were closed down. And number two... I really liked the money. <laughs> it was really good money, and I could do. I literally did it in my living room, and I shot it from the top up, so you could not tell that I was not wearing pants. That was a great gig. But like, did I actually enjoy it? No. Um, but because of COVID and stuff, and it just kind of like made everybody be like, "Oh, we can just sit at home and watch a special." Now, granted, in order to film a special, you've got to fill up a room with people to film the special in front of. But I don't know. I think a lot like. I feel like stand-up was getting close to, like, another boom, and then COVID probably knocked it back a little bit because people really got used to staying at home, and now there's more on-demand media. So I don't really know. Uh, I don't know how that bodes for the future generation of comedians. I feel like I'm sort of grandfathered in, and all my fans are sort of older anyways, and they're always going to want to go out to a club. Um, But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And, I mean, I've already explored other ways to uh, work in the entertainment industry that aren't just stand-up comedy. That's my – stand-up comedy is my number one love, and I'll never stop doing it completely. Um, 
as a lot of you know, I'm taking the entire summer off to work on a book, and that used to be that's something I never thought I, I would. I never once thought like I would take a break from stand up. But it's just, I don't know, I got a little, you can get burnt out on things and sometimes you need to step away to get your creative juices flowing. Um, also, it's not like I'm not going to be doing local shows in Chattanooga and stuff just to, you know, not get rusty. But yeah, I think that, the oh, to answer your, your last question though, yes, comics are still going to be waiting all night to do five minutes at the cellar because the cellar is still the cellar. The comedy store will still be the comedy store for a long time and again, I think that there's people that are going to be like, I would rather just make a social media video than go do stand-up, but those people never wanted to be stand-ups. If you want to be a stand-up comedian, you want to be in that room. You want to be hanging out with other comedians. You want to pay your dues. That's such an important part of our culture. A lot of it's bullshit, but like, yeah, I, I definitely think that's that's not going away anytime soon completely. Uh, but who knows? I mean, don't, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Um... At Rugby Skin says, have you been reading slash enjoying the perfection of the Krakoa era X-Men titles? Uh, quick answer, no. But that sounds awesome, and I'm very, very glad that you recommended that to me. Currently, what I'm reading comic books-wise is um, I... I, w I went and read uh, Batman Long Halloween before the Batman came out or whatever. I'm reading Batman uh, Year Zero for like the second time. I'm doing a little bit of rereading right now because that comforts me. Um, but I'm also reading um, the the entire Marvel Noir series. Uh, Spider-Man Noir was so awesome. Uh, X-Men Noir was great. Daredevil Noir might have been my favorite. I've been reading a lot of Daredevil comic books lately too. I find that like... Um, when it comes to comic books, I really like the street-level dudes more like Daredevil because it's like, I don't know, it's more believable, even though it's like, yeah, it's a comic book, get lost in it, it's fantasy. And I love that for television and screen, but like, I read some of the Avengers comics from, from time to time, I do, and I read Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff, but like, to me, I don't know, it's just all so busy and stuff, and I, I really like a plot that's just like more detective-style driven, and, and I, so I really like Daredevil, but the X-Men are one of my all-time favorites. Um, I just reread uh, Civil War, featuring them very heavily, so I will check that out, and I thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, at the left turn says, is cereal and milk really just cold soup? Uh, that is funny. And I think that I've had this discussion before, and like somebody was like, well, no, technically a soup has to be a broth, and milk isn't broth, it's just milk. You could make a broth with milk, but it's not. Whatever helps you sleep at night. I love cereal in any form, and if to you it's it's cold uh, soup, then, uh, which, by the way, would be a gazpacho. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big cereal guy. I just had a bowl uh, about two hours before filming this, some uh, protein cereal. Get jacked, buddy! <laughs> Uh, let's see here. At Mouthy Old Bat. <laughs> Corey, I just can't make myself like okra. Is there some secret recipe available that doesn't require batter or make okra ooze snot? Um, first off, at Mouthy Old Bat, the okra having that sliminess to it, it's why we all love it. You can't take that away from okra. And as the, oh, the second thing we love about it is deep frying it. So, no, you got to put batter on it and deep fry it. Or, I mean, I roast mine, but, like, the goo is part of it. That's what makes a gumbo slap so much, baby. But here's the thing. You seem to be, you seem to be coming at this from a place of you have to like okra. I don't think you like okra. And that's okay, baby. You ain't got to like okra. There's Listen, there's a lid for every pot, and that just ain't you with okra. So don't worry about it, but I do, But that blows my mind because, like, to me, okra, the sliminess, the snottiness of it, and then deep frying it, like, my wife, matter of fact, is bringing me home some fried okra tonight because she works at the Meat and Three on Thursday nights, and that's, uh, so daddy gets uh, fried okra, corn nuggets, Brunswick stew, mashed potatoes, uh, probably a, uh, not country fried steak, maybe a little hamburger steak with a little onion on top. I'm so excited. Y'all making my mouth drool. Okay, at TN Smartass says, wait, wait, I got one. How are Drew and Trey coping with your hotness? Uh, very easy answer here. I'm not hot. Okay, moving on. 
Okay, at Fire Rock 2012, she has a five-part question, so I'll try to give each of them the most care that I can. The number one question, she number one on this is, who is your biggest influence in comedy? If you've ever watched any of these Q&As before, this has probably come up before, and you know, you know my answer. But my biggest influence in comedy is probably... Uh, Mel Brooks, without question. There's like, my, my Mount Rushmore of comedy influence isn't necessarily the Mount Rushmore of who I think is the best comedians. It's just the the four that like, it made me who I am today. And that's Mel Brooks, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Tim Wilson, and Jeff Foxworthy. And simply because they just, I mean, they just formed me as a child. Like, Mel Brooks' movies, Jeff Foxworthy's stand-up, Tim Wilson, who y'all don't know, but you should look him up. He was uh, one of my favorite Probably is my favorite comedian ever, and he's unfortunately passed away. I got to work with Tim several times, and he was amazing. But Mel Brooks is my number one because, you know, I was talking about earlier about not just wanting to do stand-up. I love stand-up, but I also want to, you know, make films and sketches and, and musicals and yada yada. And that's all. that all comes from Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks said that he didn't consider himself a comedian. He considered himself a song-and-dance man who just happened to be funny. And I really relate to that. Um, because I consider myself, this is really up my own ass, but like I consider myself an entertainer, a showman, you know, and sometimes that is in the form of stand-up comedy. Uh, but I like to sing, I like to dance, even though terribly, but I, I really like, I'm really interested in continuing to finally uh, tune, you know, the five tools of what it takes to make me as an entertainer. And Mel Brooks is just like the number one for that. And uh, a lot of people know I got to uh, have dinner with Mel Brooks on my 30th birthday at his house. And he sang for me. And that cemented that he would forever be my biggest influence in comedy. So uh, definitely Mel Brooks. Uh, who is the wisest person that you've ever met? Hmm. Hmm. Loaded question. Mel Brooks, <laughs> probably. Um, I mean, I only got to have one conversation with him, so I guess I can't really throw him up. Janet Williams. Janet Williams, the Tennessee Tramp, one of my favorite comedians and someone who took me on the road a lot when I was younger and really helped me get my start. Probably, and, and the wisest as far, as far as comedy goes, and like, that's all I, that's the only world that I know, so that's where I judge that on. And Janet. I remember Janet, she gave me some of the most useful advice that I've ever gotten to this day. Uh, the couple pieces of advice she told me. I remember we were in, um, we, we were doing uh, da, 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 Wilmington, North Carolina or something like that together. And I had watched her act the night before and I realized that I had a new joke that I was working on that wasn't the same as a joke she was doing, but it had a similar premise. You see, like the punchlines were different, but we were talking about kind of the same thing. So I mentioned it to her, and I said, Hey, Janet, I've got this joke that I'm working on, blah, 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 but I noticed you were doing this, and look, I won't do it if you don't want me to, but I was just curious how, how you want to work with that. And she goes, if I can't follow you, she was the headliner, she goes, if I can't follow you, then we need to switch fucking jobs. Um, and, and then she went on to say, you could do my entire act in front of me, my job is to be better than you. And I was like, oh, wow, that's great, which basically boils down to like, you just be so good that it doesn't matter what happened in front of you. It doesn't matter this, doesn't matter that. You just do the best you can, and that's all you can concern yourself with. And that's all you have to concern yourself with. And the other piece of advice she gave me was uh, she told me, this was like, I mean, 15 years ago probably. I was like, I'd been doing stand-up for like maybe three years or something. She told me, she said, it's not the funniest that make it. It's the ones who can stick with it and put up with the bullshit day after day after day after day. And I don't know if that's completely true, but it's really, really been something that's been in the back of my mind all the time. It's just like you just, anytime something shitty happens, I think about Janet Williams and go, I just got to make it through this because a lot of people had this same thing happen to them and they quit. And there's a spot for you, buddy. Just be diligent, work through it. So I'll say, uh, I'll say Janet, um, what was the funniest response you ever received on Twitter? God dang, I wish I could remember half. Like, there's so many funny responses that I've gotten on Twitter, but I will read. Uh, this was not, this wasn't on Twitter, but I'm gonna count it because it was it was an email, so it's the same thing. It's like someone socially responding to me. They were talking about putting on airs, and they emailed me and said. 
that I got the broad. I was doing a history with Professor Cho segment on the Romanovs, and they said you got the broad strokes of it right. However, the broad strokes seems like they were painted using a dog's tail. What was it? Using a dog's a dog's tail while he was wagging in the cold or something like. That. I don't I don't know exactly what it was, but it was the most brutal. Like it was when you you get insulted so well that you're not even mad because you're like, wow, that's true, and what a what a great choice of words there. Um, what is your favorite book? My favorite book is probably um, uh, I Never Met a Story I Didn't Like by Todd Snyder. It's, the, it's his autobiography of mostly true tales. Basically, he sets the book up by saying, like, look, all of this kind of happened, but I've done a lot of drugs, so I'm going to probably be making up a lot of it. And it's just wonderful. It's and it's short stories. It's easy to digest. I would suggest anybody go buy it. You put it on the back of your toilet. You'll you'll you. What'll end up happening is you'll take one of the longest shits in the world because you won't be able to put it down. Uh, but that is great. And also on the completely opposite end of the spectrum, probably a Christmas Carol, um, Charles Dickens. I, I I just love I love that. That's my favorite. One of my favorite stories of all time. It's my one of my favorite movies is a Muppet Christmas Carol. I, I just I really can't get enough of that. Um, so yeah, that. Um, last question: Who influenced you to be a non-Republican? Um, nobody. I just this is who I mean. This is how my brain works. Um, I would say a lot of people. A lot of people influenced me to do the opposite of what they did, and that was a lot of people that I grew up with in the church. I was like, what do they believe? That? Well, I'll do the opposite. <laughs> so, but there was no like really one person. I don't guess so. Yeah, whatever. Um, at S Divine eighty two, the best chips to complement a mayo and tomato sandwich. I'm gonna be boring here, but in that instance, I think it's just plain Lay's or plain Ruffles. I'm more of a Ruffles guy if I'm just eating a chip, but the plain Lay's, I think, I think Lay's is like Coca Cola in the way that they've marketed themselves so well that like. A like a cold meat sandwich lunch doesn't make sense without Lay's. Like plain Lay's just is the chip, and it just tastes like lunch. And oh my god, I'm getting bit by a spider. I think. Um, and a mayo and tomato sandwich is something I often have for lunch in the summer. And yeah, to me, it's just like Lay's or plain Ruffles. I I, I just don't think you need any more spice because you've got everything going. Like it should be a very simple situation. Um, Eric Lewis Sr. says, uh, how long until we get a squirrel debate 2022 t-shirt? If you don't know what that is, that's from our show Putting on Airs with me and Trey Crowder, where we argued for like an hour about whether or not squirrels have feelings. Um, we will be starting a merch site really, really soon, so pay attention. Check out the podcast. Um, you can go to puttingonairs.com for all the links, and you can go to watchpoa.com to watch it on the YouTube, which is how I think that you should digest that show, because we do it on a set. We wear fancy costumes. It's a lot of fun. Okay, at BDK27271 says, do you check <laughs> do you check out other guys' wieners at the urinals in public restrooms? Not as much as I used to. You know what I'm saying? No. When I was a kid, definitely. But now, like, um, I mean, it's not that I don't want to see a wiener. I don't mind that. I just wouldn't want anybody else to be uncomfortable. <laughs> um, at Swiss Potluck says, what does raven mean? Uh... Whatever it means, you guys use it all the time, and I still can't quite figure it out. Someone, anyone, let me in on the definition, please. Thank you. So, I'm so glad that I'm getting to answer this. So, oftentimes, let's say Trey, uh, let's say Trey can't wake up in the morning. Like, he has trouble getting up in the morning, which is a thing. Like, if Trey slept through radio, I would go, that is so Raven. So it comes from the show, That's So Raven. But what we mean by it is when someone does something that is completely on brand for them or super characteristic, that is Raven. Like, when Donald Trump says something kind of racist but funny, that's so Raven. That's what he does. That is... uh, uh, you know, Elon Musk makes a cringy tweet. That's so Raven. That's Raven of him. It's just super Raven. It is a characteristic at, uh, uh, attribute that these people have and they're known for. That would be you being Raven. So me eating a pound cake naked would be very, very, very Raven. So there you go. Uh, oh, my computer ain't working. Here we go. Um, ooh, at Puffy's Brewery. Best commentator, Jesse Ventura or Gorilla Monsoon? 
That's difficult. I want to say Gorilla, because what a legend. Jesse's great, but I do, I do think that I should point out, this is uh, wrestling stuff for those of you that don't know, I do think that people sleep on them as a team together. Like, obviously we know Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler is like the premier, that's your greatest duo of all time. But I do think that because of that, Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon get slept on a little bit, and maybe it's just because, like, you know, that was the commentators of my childhood. Uh, for Well, I mean, Tony Schiavone was my actual childhood, and Tony's great, too. Tony and Jay are wonderful, but, like, I just I remember being a super tiny kid and hearing Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon, and them just, they got so frustrated with each other all the time. Oh, come on, Gorilla! You can't be serious, Gorilla! Uh, I loved him. It was uh, so. I'm gonna say Gorilla Monsoon just because he's a legend. I mean, not that Jesse Ventura is not, but Gorilla has passed, so we're gonna give it to him. At Daniel R. Hawker says, "Why do you and Jerry Mander look so much alike?" I don't know. We get that all the time. Uh, why does Trey act so sophisticated whenever you fart? <laughs> whenever you fart on him, and why didn't we get a beer together when I saw you in Little Rock? Um. Well. Uh, the answer to the last question is mainly, uh, I don't know you. <laughs> I'm sure you're awesome. We probably have met before. I tend, I, I, uh, I, I don't, I got advice from Dale Jones, one of my favorite comedians a long time ago, which was don't go out with fans after the show because all they want is a, a free third show. <laughs> so I don't really like to, I like to go back to the hotel by myself. Um, I hope that doesn't make anybody mad, but like, if, you catch me out on the road and I do end up drinking a beer with you, it was pretty rare. Uh, and I'm not saying, telling you not to ask, but like, I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't really drink as much as I used to anyways. And like, after the show, I'm just trying to call my niece and go to bed. You know what I mean? So that's why we didn't get a beer. But I love you and I'll buy you one next time I see you. How about that? Eric Rottencrotch says, <laughs> that's my name for him, says, what's the best live show you've ever seen? Pearl Jam at Bonnaroo in 2017. Absolutely great. Also, uh, probably not a coincidence, <clears throat> first time I ever did mushrooms. So, that was wonderful. Um, at Tragic Apple says, do you consider Trey Crowder your soulmate? Yes, I do. Uh, Dane Black says, since y'all had shows during, during it, can I get an outsider's thoughts on Thunder over Louisville? Well, as you said, we were doing shows during it, so I didn't get to experience, but I do know that it was loud as shit, and fireworks were going off right in the middle of my set, so that was super fun. Uh, at Tiefish44, is Tannehill good enough to take the Titans to a Super Bowl? Uh, not on his own, no. Um, I mean, you know, we were real, like, look, we had a good game against the Bengals last year. Um, it's not that we couldn't have gone, but no, Tannehill's not one of those guys that, like, it's going to be all on his shoulders. But if Derrick Henry can be healthy and, you know, we get our receiver core, you know, back to good, then I think we'll have a chance. He's better than everybody thinks. He's not the Tannehill of the Dolphins, okay? His stats are actually pretty good. It's just that, yeah, I mean, when you've got him and then Derrick Henry, everybody's going to be talking about Derrick Henry and he's going to get overshadowed. That's how I feel about it. Obviously, I wish that we could get like a, you know, Troy Aikman level stud, but that's just not just not in the cards right now. Um, at, at Tom Nemo says, can you really have your cake and eat it also? No. And is Schrodinger's cat dead or alive in that box? I mean, at this point, dead. I definitely think. I don't remember when Schrodinger made that box, but I'd say that cat's pretty fucking dead right now. Um, Ubi Kenobi says, my question, how much are you enjoying the Kenobi series? Just so much. Just so much. I have been a prequel apologist for so long. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Phantom Menace, hot garbage. But Clone Wars was not that bad, and Revenge of the Sith is genuinely a badass movie and one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Ewan McGregor was obviously never the problem anytime those things were bad. I'm loving the Kenobi series. I think they're they're all retconning a couple things, but I think they're doing it in a perfect way. I love little Leia. She's a badass. I love Reva. Like, it's such a dark story. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't watched it, but like her origin, um, it's really making this interesting. Also, seeing Vader anytime is just exactly what I want. So I'm loving it. I suggest everybody checks it out. Um, time travel is real a la Quantum Leap. Who do you dive into? Uh, if I'm remembering this correct, Quantum Leap, yeah, you have to jump into somebody from history. Um, oh, man. That's a really good question. Uh, 
Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson, because I would get to see all the Lincoln stuff happen around me, and I'd have a great vantage point from it, but I wouldn't get shot in the head. Andrew Johnson. That would be interesting. And then I'd get to become president, so that'd be cool. Uh, tell us more about those home renovation plans, says Mamie Cole. Nobody wants to hear that shit, but um, I am... I'm about to get a new deck over here. Uh, I'm about to get a new studio up there. We're about to redo our garage. We're about to get an island in the middle of our kitchen, knock that wall down, and I'm going to put a goddamn hot tub over here. Skew! It's going to be badass. Palace uh, Plaza de Cho. Um, <laughs> speaking of, Mara says, why is a pool only classy if you bury it in the ground? I don't know, but I think that we should bring above-ground pools back. I agree with you. It's BS. Uh, hey, Dream, what's your favorite joke? Okay. I, that's really hard because, like, a joke and a bit are, like, two different things. You know, like, Bill Burr's got some of my favorite jokes, but, like, they're not set-up punch, set-up punch. So I'll do the one that Trey Crowder tells this joke all the time, and he does it in a Scottish accent, and his Scottish accent is way better than mine. But this is my current favorite joke. <clears throat> so so there's a, there's a couple. There's a couple, and they're Scottish, and it's their 50th wedding anniversary. So the man walks in, and the woman is... She strips down completely naked, and she goes, Virgil, <laughs> when you gazed upon me all those years ago on our wedding night, and you saw me naked, what did you think? And he goes, I thought I'd like to rage your ragged and suck your pipes dry. And she goes, and now all these years later, seeing me naked, what do you think? And he goes, I believe I've done a rather good job of it. <laughs> I think that's my favorite joke right now. Um, let's see. Super Dave says, since you're a four-shower-a-day guy, do you have a tankless hot water heater? If not, get one. You are damn right I do. Now, I try not to take too long of showers because I do take so many. But, yeah, I've got it set up to where I'm not running out of hot water, and that is the shit, and you should hop on it if you can afford it. Um, Crafty Ash says, which snack is better? RC Coca-Cola, or they say RC Coca-Cola, RC Cola and a moon pie or bulb peanuts. Now, I'm glad my wife ain't here to hear me say this because she slapped the shit out of me, but it's definitely RC Cola and a moon pie. Both are great. I love bulb peanuts, but moon pie is one of my favorite snacks of all time and RC Cola, ooh, so crisp. Matter of fact, I'm about to shut this down here in a minute and go get my RC Cola and a moon pie. As soon as I'm done with this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that because, yeah, that's a classic Southern snack. If you've never tried it, don't hate on it. You'll love it. Um, let's see. When are you lads going to... Uh, this is from Katie2779. When are you lads going to come and do a tour of shows in the UK now that you have visited? I don't know. Uh, I hope that we do. We did a show in London. That was awesome. I definitely could see myself... I could see myself living over there, but I definitely could see myself doing a, a proper tour of the UK. And uh, keep, your, keep your ears peeled because it's something uh, that I, I really would like to do. I am Turkey says, what is your highest understanding of God? Um, I think that we are God. That's what I think. I think that God is the, um, God is but tiny vibrations and the vibrations that make up the molecules that make up us as humans. I think that uh, you are God, I am God, we are God, we are all one consciousness and we're all just trying to figure it out. That's what I think. Um, why is orange Kool-Aid, this is from at Calgary Buffalo, why is orange Kool-Aid the preferred drink in those southern red states? Uh, I read them as a whiskey crowd. I mean, we definitely drink whiskey, but, like, you can't just drink whiskey all day, so we have fucking orange Kool-Aid. To me, and my friends, it was always uh, red or blue Kool-Aid, but, like, don't shit on Kool-Aid. Also, we'll put vodka in that bitch. Don't tell us we won't. Whiskey crowd. We are. We drink whiskey, and we chase it with goddamn Kool-Aid. <laughs> what is your most treasured piece of wrestling memorabilia? It's got to be my European strap. Uh, this is from I'm Trip Trip. Oh, hey, Beth. Um, yeah, my buddy Super Dave gave me a European uh, championship. Uh, he just sent it to me as a friend, and that literally led to me creating the Buttercream Dream, which changed my life uh, forever. So 100% the European strap. It, it's, not even, it's not even close. Best and worst food I had in the U.K.? Um, Worst was this meat pie we had from this bar the first night we were there, but that was just the bar's fault. It's not meat pies are wonderful, but like the gravy was literally just brown water. The meat, none of it had any flavor. The mush peas had no flavor. And the best thing I had, I'll be honest with you, this is going to sound crazy, but 
off the side of the road at a little country diner in Scotland. I had a haggis grilled cheese sandwich or a haggis melt with a bowl of like just chicken and rice soup and it was the best meal I've had in so long UK or not. I mean, it was tremendous. We also went to this, like, Michelin star Indian restaurant. And, like, I don't even know what I ate, but it was wonderful. But to me, it was the haggis melt, I think. Um, at Mad Marvin says, can we get you and Killer Mike to do a show with y'all taking, with y'all talking to Georgia voters? Um, I'd watch that. I mean, yeah, I'd love to do a show with Killer Mike. That would be sweet. But that sort of sounds like when, like, my my aunts and stuff used to be like, you know what you need to do? You need to get on the Tonight Show. It's like, no shit. I'd love to do a show with Killer Mike, but uh, we don't exactly operate in the same stratosphere. He's what we call an actual famous person. Um, my favorite Jason Isbell song, that is a loaded question, but I'm going to probably say Decoration Day when he was with the truckers. Probably Decoration Day, I think. My favorite newer song is chaos and clothes i love them all i mean i know i've got his entire discography on vinyl he's a great guy he was there when i got engaged shout out um i love decoration day i also sleeper for those of you that aren't uh familiar with his entire catalog the day john henry died is one of my faves that i don't think gets talked uh, about enough uh boxers or briefs ask uh dj jen uh i wear boxer briefs sorry that's what's what i do i wear the ones that have the little ball pouch in them i can only do the ball pouch situation top five current favorite wrestlers this is from ryan jenkins uh, at your friend ryan J. okay by the way because he just was at wrestlemania you got to count stone cold he's a current wrestler stone cold all right gotta go stone cold hangman adam page mance warner um eddie kingston um, MJF. There you go. And I, my list may change from day to day, but those are my the five. Those are the five that pop out immediately that I didn't have to think about. So you know, stands to reason. Um, at Sir Andrew Collinson says, when did Americans become so stupid compared to the rest of the modern world? Um, I don't think we are. I've been to a lot of other places, and there's fucking idiots everywhere. So. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. There's plenty of smart people here. We've got NASA. Uh, at Crapple says, Why aren't you running for governor or even president? People need you, Corey. No, they don't. Uh, well, they do. They need me to entertain them. That's what I do. That's what people need me for. People need actual qualified people to be in Congress. I have no intention of doing it. I will never do it in my life. That is not my calling. Um, also, selfishly, it means I would have to quit being a comedian, and mm -mm, I've worked my whole life for this. I'm not giving it up. Um, you don't need me. You need me. To, my job is to entertain people while all the bullshit's going on. It's not to solve bullshit. I'm not capable of that. I don't possess any of those skills. I don't possess any of those desires. I'm an entertainer. That's what I am. I appreciate all the kind words, but y'all got to stop with this Corey run for Marjorie Taylor Greene seat. No, I want to be a comedian. Marcus Flowers can do that. There's qualified people. I'm not that dude. I make funny videos. I, I can be smart and poignant in two and a half minute, very well written points. I'm not a smart guy. I'm here to entertain you. Okay? Love y'all. If you could have dinner with three comedians, past or present, who would they be? Uh, probably Seinfeld, just because I'd like to see how, a little bit more how his brain works. Um, probably, I would like to talk to Lenny Bruce, just because I would like to hear the stories of, you know, getting locked up for cursing and stuff like that. Um, I would really like some insight into that period, because that's a really fascinating period to me. And, uh, I mean, Carlin, too. But then these aren't really fun dinners because, like, we'd get into some really insane stuff. <laughs> um, Mom's Mabley would be a good one because I could hear, like, what the Chitlin circuit was like, what it was like for a black woman of color to do stand-up and be popular back in those days. That would be wonderful. Um, Jerry, Jerry Lewis kind of counts. I'd like to talk to him and Dean Martin. They were doing kind of a stand-up shtick. Um... Definitely Seinfeld, though. I'm really interested in how his brain works. Um, yeah, I'll go with those for right now. Uh, Chris Rock would be fun. Um, 
and Jeff Foxworthy. I'd really love to talk to talk to my childhood hero. What's the hardest thing at Nick eventually says? Y'all, it is. I don't know if y'all can tell, but the sun has gone right down on me, and I'm about to die. At Nick eventually says, what's the hardest thing to grapple with being a liberal Twitter personality in the Deep South? I got to tell you, that hurts to read, being called a liberal Twitter personality, even though I guess, I mean, I can't deny that I'm at least kind of that. I don't think there's anything hard to grapple with. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, I say my stuff, other people say their stuff, and uh, and that's all there is to it. Like, you're going to get shit on, I get shit on all the time, people don't agree with me, but... Uh, I make a nice living, and I get, and I, and I also, everything I say is what I believe, and I get to sleep at night. So like, I don't really grapple with much. I mean, it just is what it is. My family and everybody around here still loves me and always will. So you know, um, at the beach bum eighty one says ass or titties. Oh, she also put a poll up where titties won eighty three to seventeen. Um, I like both, but I mean, look, you know, at the end of the day, I gotta ask, give me them titties. Um. <laughs> your most homosexual experience i mean me trey and drew have made out for a bit so definitely that uh at cynon says dale earnhardt or bill elliott is that really even a question for the love of god it's dale earnhardt um let's see here what's your favorite dip as in chips and um probably Russ, uh, Ruffles chips with with the with the Mayfield brand's uh, French onion dip. It's simple, can't be beat. I also love my wife's buffalo chicken dip. I'm a dip man now. I'm a dip man. I've always said any dip left in the fridge for two or more days becomes a casserole. Write it down. You can eat it with a spoon. Um, at at Jamie Lachey says, will we see any more of Aunt Lita? Any new characters? Any hints on topic of the upcoming book? Would you, would you guys be open to doing a show with W, comma, uh, w comma Bell where you travel around the South showing the good that's happening instead of the usual bad shit we're known for? Uh, we actually had a deal to do a show like that and it fell through. I'm not saying I wouldn't be open to it, but that's not really... I don't know if that's creatively what I want to do right now, but he would be a good guy to, to do that. Um... And, yeah, you'll definitely see more Aunt Lita. I lost her wig for a while, but I found it. And the upcoming book, it's uh, going to be a travel guide to the U.K. and the rest of the United States. And uh, I'm super pumped to write it. And uh, you probably expect a lot of character videos from me this summer, honestly, considering I'm taking the summer off to just work on the book and do shit like that. So, yeah, I mean, look forward to that. And I appreciate you hollering about it. How come y'all don't ever make it to Myrtle Beach? Oh, God. How can you be southern trash slash redneck without an annual trip to the Dirty Myrtle? Well, here's why. There's two comedy clubs in Myrtle Beach, and I'm banned from both of them. I got banned from one because I did a commercial for the other, and then I got banned from the other because uh, I had a heckler uh, who I went on a, I'm not kidding, I'm not proud of this, a 20-minute blind rage freakout on them. I blacked out. I barely remember anything I said. And turns out she was a guest of the owner. I mean, I was telling her to suck dick and like, I, it was bad. She deserved it. She absolutely deserved it. But it was it was rough. And so I'm not allowed in Myrtle Beach. I'm not allowed in the, in the city. So uh, Jay Swanson says, do your fart stink? Of course. <laughs> Uh, now over to Instagram. Uh, oh, this is what's your favorite book? I said it. It's uh, Todd Snyder's autobiography. Um, do you and your wife have any pets? Uh, it's from Madonna for President. Um, yeah, we had my little buddy Palmer. He died a year ago. Everybody keeps telling me to uh, get a new one. But I'll be honest with you, I'm not ready to hurt like that again. <laughs> I'm not. Um... Are you a fan of John Oliver? Yes, I am. May I smoke you out? No. Uh, what is your next tattoo going to be? A parrot. And it's going to be a Jimmy Buffett tattoo? <laughs> um, do you like Joe Diffie or do you just have impeccable taste in t-shirts? Both. Uh, how do you deal with a heckler? Tell them to fuck themselves and then get kicked out of Myrtle Beach. Uh, who do you listen to when you work out? Like the baby and run the jewels and shit. Um... Somebody looking to get healthy, what are the baby steps? I would say literal baby steps. Just go for a walk. If you don't walk, go for a 15-minute walk. The next day, go for a 30-minute walk, then do an hour. And then you've done something, and then that's your habit. And then just uh, start cutting your meals in half. And you can kind of eat whatever you want for a while, and you'll drop the initial 30 or 40 pounds like that. I mean, it's really not that hard. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've had in your mouth? Uh, I mean, probably a bug when I was a kid. Um... 
the OK Legend says, can I buy you a beer next time you're in OKC? I really appreciate that, but every time we're in OKC, the club gives us free beer, so I don't need it. Save your money. Buy, buy one for your, your lover. Um, let's see. Oh, hold on. Got a bug on me again. More Instagram questions. Um, what's your best story about sassing your elders as a kid? I've got a good one from when I was young. I'm wondering what yours might be. Uh, one time I got sent to the principal's office um, because I, I, so I was talking during library and my teacher told me to be quiet and I said, I'm not going to be quiet. And she said, you need to be quiet. And I stood up on my desk and go, I ain't being quiet. And that's the bottom line. Cause stone cold said so I was in fourth grade. That's definitely my favorite, <laughs> my favorite assassin and elder moment rush or the guess who rush for sure. Metallica or Megadeth? Metallica, but I definitely love Megadeth. Why do you hit so hard, Corey? Just natural. I don't know what to tell you. Are you working out to be hot or healthy? Uh, healthy. It's it, I, There's no workout that I could do to become a hot person. I'm just working out to be healthy. I started working out. Well, first off, I, was, I just got way too big, but... Uh, my niece was born, and I decided that I want to be here for a long time for her. And heart attacks running my family, and I'm not. I'm. It stops here, baby. It stops here. I'm going to be there for her for so much of her life. Last couple questions. After your trip to the UK, are you glad to be home, or do you have the travel bug? What places are on your travel wish list? I got to suggest Alaska if you haven't been up here before. I definitely want to go to Alaska for sure. But no, I've got the bug a little bit. I'm glad to be home because uh, you know it's just. Uh, being gone for a while gets my anxiety up. I definitely got to do France and Italy. I got to do Ireland. I really want to go to Australia. I, Rome specifically, though. I really want to go to Rome. I want to go eat some pasta in Italy and, and hear all that spaghetti talk. You know, like I love that shit. And then finally, our last question from one of my favorite people on earth. It's uh, Sarah, Adventure Sarah 42 on Instagram. Do you want to read my new Southern Gothic sci-fi story? I haven't posted it online yet. Does that count as a question? Hmm, what's your fondest football-related memory? My fondest football-related memory is catching a touchdown my sophomore year during homecoming and then getting jacked off. Um, but yes, Sarah, of course I'd love to read it. You know where to send it, buttercreamcory at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for all the great questions. We will definitely do this again. I am burning alive, so I'm going to go inside but thank you and remember if you are not subscribed at the five dollar level but you want bonus stuff please consider doing it it'd be great i don't like need the money or nothing but i like it you know i want a hot tub so um but also if you can't afford it i'll give it to you for free no problem no questions asked i'll comp you be good to yourself check out my podcast putting on airs tell everybody to subscribe to this Substack, even if it's just for free i just love having you on the mailing list i just love having people to talk to you know what i'm saying so i'll catch y'all later and i love you very much see you later bye